0: Uh, I've set this band up uh, so that the goals are different than probably almost every other band. I'm not looking to get signed by a label. I don't want a label telling right. me what to do or telling me this right. is who's gonna play guitar, here's who's producing, here's what's gonna be on the cover. I want to do what I want to do.
1: Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the Greater Toronto Area on Joy Radio. And Aisha Woods, Grammy nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha.
2: Aisha, you're back. I know. I missed you. We
3: missed you last I, I week. We really did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So glad you're back and uh, yes. so looking forward to this conversation. This week, episode 262. Of between Ooh. the grooves to look at music ministry and everything in between with today's top christian artists and today it's a canadian artist who um uh kind of an ex-radio guy still doing radio um he's, yeah. he's ve- been very instrumental in ra- christian radio in canada uh he's also That's managed really cool. yeah he's also managed bands he's uh promoted artists still promotes artists and mm-hmm. uh he just decided uh you know one of his bucket list goals was to be in a rock band and wow. uh, so it's nice when you have a goal or a vision or or something you want to achieve in life and it's nice when you get an opportunity to do that and he's kind of semi retired now but uh, he decided you know what i'm just going to go and do it and so right it's it's been a passion of his and uh, and one of the things he's wanted to do and and so he's he's doing it he's not letting anything stop him so
2: That's wonderful, and just like you said, it's it's a great thing when you're able to do those things that you've kind of had as bucket list items. Have you ever seen that movie, by the way, The Bucket List? Yes. With Morgan Freeman and yeah, uh, that's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I wonder if our conversation will um, resemble anything uh, from that movie.
3: Well, maybe we'll invite Morgan to be on the show as well. Oh, sorry. He couldn't make it. Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Can he sing? That's the question. Scott Jackson is our guest on Between the Grooves this week. Let's get to that conversation.
0: All right. Hi. Welcome to you. Welcome to you. How are you doing, Scott? (laughs) It's all under control. (laughs) It's all under control.
3: Yep. So the last time we had you on Between the Grooves, uh, I guess was a couple of years ago, and you were just launching... I'll call it a pet project called The Eighth Line. Your band, kind of a semi-retirement project, I guess? Yeah. How's it going? Good. Is this, is this happening now? Are we happening now? We're happening now. You know what's really funny Because I warned Aisha ahead of time that when you when you chat with an ex radio guy, expect shorter responses than than most people. It's to the point. Well, because you're so used to saying things in a very short span of time, you have to on the radio, right? right? And yeah, so
0: right, right. That, that's Scott for you. Uh, yeah, all of my answers will be like in 30 seconds. <laughs> right. That's oh right. my
2: goodness. How, how, did, I, I, how did the eighth line get kicked off, Scott?
0: Well, it was a bucket list thing. Uh, I've been in radio for 45 years, and uh, in my bucket list was always to be a rock star and go in and record a song, but I'm not really a singer, so that's why I went into radio. And... So the bucket list thing (laughs) came along because I had time and I had the means to do it. So I called up my friend Andy Horrocks in Kitchener and said, I want to record one song. Can you record me? And we did. And it was so much fun. It led to a full album and then things just got out of control.
2: That's awesome. By out now, of control. Out
0: of, out,
3: of, uh, out of control. Yeah. Uh, like, what, what is out of control? Because you're kind of, you're not involved as much in radio anymore. So what's out of control? No. Is it is it because you're doing a lot more
0: than you anticipated? Oh, yeah, for sure. This is a, a full-time hmm. job for me. Now, I don't mean that it's a 40-hour week. It's probably about a 15- or 20-hour week, but I turn it into a 40-hour week because I don't have anything else to do so so I stretch it out and uh must
2: be nice
0: yeah. I'm uh am really a manager of an artist more than I am a lead singer I like I love managing organizing details and stuff so yeah that's what I spend my week doing is like setting up practices writing songs recording connecting people looking for fill-in people who called in sick uh and then planning a show
2: that's cool Now, do you have any radio expectations for the 8th line coming out of radio?
0: Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think that I'd be all over radio, but uh, the 8th line is uh, sort of modeled after the Rolling Stones' uh, late Uh 70s. And so because my music tends to sound like it came out in 1978, by design, because that's, that's my era, that's the music, that I, that's the sound that I love, um, when sure. it gets to uh, CCM, they listen to it. And I had, I've had feedback. One guy said, like, wow, it really sounds like the Rolling Stones. And I said, well, thank you. And he said, yeah, 1978. Uh, okay. <laughs> So I understand that my music isn't going to be played on CCM probably, although uh, some stations are playing it because maybe they feel sorry for me or maybe mm-hmm. maybe, they, maybe they really like it. No, so they were I'm just looking for, for CanCon. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm happy to provide. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah.
3: As far as uh, this different life for you, and you said you stretch it out to 40 hours, has everything gone as planned? Like Given the fact that you have managed bands in the past, and that's obviously helped you in, in what you do, and you spend a lot of time doing that. Um, have things gone as planned, or have there been things that you know happened that you didn't expect because you've never really been on the artist side of things? Uh, like, it, What have you learned in this whole process, and what would you do differently?
0: Wow, that's like four questions.
3: Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I figure if I ask four questions, the
0: answer will be four times longer. It would be yes, thirteen, no, and I'm not sure. <laughs> that was less um. than 30 seconds. <laughs> um, well, because I'm because I'm a manager, uh, the, the the band has started at a higher level. Like we're not a garage band because. Um, the bands that I manage are beyond that so I'm sort of picking up from where I left off with the other recording acts so like like I know how to find a producer I know how to get songs on the radio I know how to market stuff I know how to find musicians like I I know how to do all the connection so like like I could do that in my sleep that's really easy So that was a bit of a surprise at how easy that part was. Um, The difficult thing is um, being a manager and also being a lead singer and also being the music director. Um, That's um, really mind crushing to have all that responsibility.
2: Wow. So now the other bands that you manage, are they Rolling Stones, 1978 sounding bands or you got some other stuff going on?
0: Uh, all of those bands, like there was seven, and I'm not managing any of them anymore. Uh, I okay. let two of them go, uh, I guess it's been in, in, in the middle of COVID. I had a, a country gospel gotcha. artist, and I had a, a, a CCM artist. And because of COVID, they weren't really doing any shows. And so there was right, right. nothing for me to manage. And then because I was kind of amping up my own thing, uh, my mm-hmm. my direction shifted, my focus shifted on... To myself and i said i think i've taken you guys as far as i can take you and now i'm kind of yeah. kind of doing it for me
2: cool nothing wrong with that
3: how, how many times do you get to obviously as a manager of your own band uh how many times do you get to actually perform
0: and and do shows the goal is to do one full big rock show a month um yes, i have sir. eight people of eight people in the band and uh uh, looking after the sound side, uh, like the front of house, that is a challenge because some churches have what they call state of the art equipment, and it's more like Fisher Price, and so then I have to uh, bring in. <laughs> so then I have to bring in a sound team, like we don't own a PA, we don't own light. so that means I have to go out and get that. Um, So the good thing Mm -hmm. is that the sound guy that I'm hiring, he's for me because I'm paying him rather than somebody from the church who will kind of do whatever they want to do. Right. But in you
3: hiring a guy, that's an expense that perhaps you don't have to incur.
0: It is. It is. Uh, sometimes I'll hire a guy to bring the sound and lights. And sometimes I'll hire the same guy to come and mix on the church PA system. So we'll, I'll have photos sent to me of the mixing board and um, you know the back of it. And I'll send that to my sound guy. And then he says, okay, uh, now I know what I'm in for. I'm going to bring along right. my own flux. I'm going to bring along a flux capacitor to augment whatever they don't have. And then he mm-hmm. can bring it up to speed more or less.
3: Do you typically bring your own sound guy, or do you actually rely on the sound guy at the church sometimes? Uh,
0: the majority of the time, I will bring a sound guy
3: right because he knows what it That's needs to nice. sound like and and you know sure enough he he would have a a good idea of what you want versus a a newbie being on there and
0: you know yeah he'll uh, like he 'll take the direction from me um, he 's worked with the band before, so he knows what the idiosyncrasies of each of the different musicians is and the regular church guy, most of them don't really know how to mix. I mean, they know right. what the mixing board is for, and they understand. Okay, I want to make sure that I can <laughs> hear all the instruments, but they don't know that you want to have the vocal ride a little bit above the guitar, and you don't want the drums to be blowing everything apart. And then you want to right. make sure that it's processed, and the microphone's got like really strong processing on it. And most churches don't have any processing. So when I bring a sound mm-hmm. guy, you know, they know that they they have to put it on um, 65 uh, milla milliseconds to get a, a certain amount of processing and slap back and so he knows what I want I guess is what I'm saying
2: (laughs) yeah sure enough do you play any instruments
0: I don't I don't play any musical instruments Uh, I play percussion like I play cajon and Mm -hmm. shakers and bells and whistles and all that stuff but I can't write music so when I when I write music um, like I'm a lyricist but when I'm writing the music part I have to find a guitarist and go Okay, here's how the song goes. This is da- what da- I da- hear. Yeah. Da- 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 da. And then they, if, right. if it's a good guitarist, then they can chart it out. But that's mm-hmm. been one of the surprises is how few people are able to take me singing and they're, they're able to write down the chords. Like there's only, I've only got mm-hmm. a couple of guys that can actually do it.
2: That's cool.
3: They would be pretty skilled to be able to do something like that too, to kind of
0: hear mm-hmm. what you're hearing. Yeah, I used um, uh, G.I. Home from Anthem for Today. That was a band that I managed, and he was the lead guitarist. So he has his own production studio. So I went to him, and I said, okay, here's my song. La, 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 la. And he said, okay. And in five minutes, he had the whole thing charted, like in Nashville charting. It was amazing. Mm. Amazing.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's sweet. sweet. Where did the name Eighth Line come from?
0: Uh, The Eighth Line is a, a concession road that's a couple of streets over from me. Uh, It has several meanings. One of them was it was my biking destination when I have a road bike and when I'm riding around the area, I would always go to the 8th line and then turn around and come home. Uh, But also the 8th line is uh, the entrance or the backstage entrance to Burroughs Creek Family Event Park and it is a venue that um, large festivals use. It's a a huge um, plot of land, like acres and acres. And so they have major uh, country and rock festivals there. And a couple of years ago, the Rolling Stones played their only show in Canada (laughs) at that event, which happens to be on the eighth line. (laughs) So it has many, Mm, uh, many emotional meanings. Did you
3: get to walk to that event or did you bike it or what did you do?
0: Yeah, I was going to bike it, and I probably should have, but uh, my wife dropped me off, and uh, then when it was over, this was really cool, when it was over, she said, I'll meet you on Highway 11, and I thought, man, Highway 11's going to have 80,000 cars on it, but everybody must have been thinking, it's going to be packed, because they all took the back, uh, the back roads to get out of town, <laughs> so I, I'm walking out to Highway 11 in the dark, and there was like nobody there, so she picked me up at the side of the road, boom, no problem.
3: Nice. Because I know how busy Highway 11 <laughs> yes. would have been if everybody decided to take that route. You're
0: familiar, huh? Yeah, I know
3: exactly yes. where Highway okay. 11 is, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's not a huge highway. It's like only two lanes each direction, and it would have been just packed.
0: Yeah, it's two oh lanes gosh. each direction. But did you know that it's the longest road in the world?
3: Was it part of Young Street?
0: It's part of Young Street, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah.
3: There you go. Trivia for a little
0: little geographic trivia. Yeah,
3: yeah. There you go. Are you sure that there's something? What did you get out of this uh, conversation with Scott today? Well, (laughs) found out about Highway 11. That's great, (laughs) Scott. Going back to uh, doing concerts and whatnot, you mentioned that you're a percussionist. So,
0: do you get an opportunity to play percussion while you're performing? No, I'm not that talented. It's like. Topping your head and rubbing your belly. There ain't no way I can sing and remember the lyrics and sh- shake something That's at funny. the same time. No, forget
3: it. I can't do it. And the band <laughs> that plays along, you mentioned you've got eight people in the band with you? Yeah. So uh, if I can ask, are it's they... a lot. Uh, yeah, it is a lot. Um, are they playing live or are you using tracks at all?
0: No, there's no tracks. Everybody's live. Uh, there's drummer yeah. and bass. Uh, I have a percussionist who is playing all kinds of crazy stuff like congas and shakers and vibra slaps and stuff. So he's busy all the time. Um, I have a mm. guitar player and a keyboard player and uh, a male and female backup
3: singer. And, nice. and why would you not use tracks? And I and I say that because with eight people in the band, uh, there is potential issues where somebody calls in sick or there's personnel changes, uh, you know, you, you I don't see necessarily if you had a guitar player uh, and he's committed to playing with you, but then something comes up in his life and he decides, you know, I'm going to step down because I got this other project I want to work on. So to keep things consistent and the sound consistent, why wouldn't you consider tracks?
0: Well, if the guitar player who is, he would be my, my right-hand man. So if my guitar player decided to resign and, and step down, a track doesn't replace a guitar player because there's nobody on stage. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I I would be. So I'm not. I'm not um, a singer that sings along with tracks. I'm. I'm a a rock artist with a rock band.
3: But you could have a guitar player on stage, playing along with a track if he's not as experienced, to get the sound consistent.
0: Um, I'm. uh, I'm okay with tracks if they're. If they're just like supplementing and they're adding gang vocals or they're adding a tambourine we don't do that but um, with other bands that I manage we did have tracks for that reason just to fill it out a little bit um, but I'm not I, I don't really believe in like and having the band in a box I'm like not one of those artists yeah I,
3: I, I'm not disagreeing with you Scott I'm, I'm actually agreeing with the fact that it's it's to fill not to be the band and then yeah, that includes right. worship on a Sunday morning, too. Like, a lot of churches use tracks. But if, if it's obvious that that is a track and, and, you know, none of the instruments that you hear are physically <laughs> on the stage, know. it's like, come on already. Like, you, you're not fooling anybody, Right.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, like I just, I think because the Rolling Stones are, are one of the, the models for this band is they've got about 14 people on stage because they have a horn section and they have extra keyboards and Ooh. so on. And like that fills out the sound. And so I didn't want to be a four piece band. I wanted to have a backup singer, somebody that's like singing just underneath me to fill things out. And we originally started with uh, three guitars, like two rhythm and one lead plus a bass. Uh, and then I had some members change. And so now I have a rhythm guitar, who also plays a bit of lead, and a keyboard player.
3: And that's interesting because your your style of music is very uh, guitar
0: heavy. Yeah, most of it most of it is. Um, some of the new stuff is is a little bit different, but yeah, you're right. Most of it is.
3: What's it been like managing the personnel side of things? You you mentioned that you've had. Personnel changes, so what's that like? Because that would impact on future gigs if you've got something booked and all of a sudden somebody steps down, right?
0: Um, Well, I had, uh, let's see, I started the band one year ago. So it was one year ago, like May 14th, last year, was when we did our first official band show. And from that band, I have the drummer and the backup singer, and everybody else is different. So... um, how can I explain this? When I, when I started the vision for the band, I didn't know if I was going to like it. I didn't know if, if I could sing. So I said to the band, hmm. we're going to do four shows. And then after four shows, we'll decide, I'll let you know if I want to keep doing this. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll de- change my mind. Or you can decide if you want to stay or not. So after the fourth show, um, I was changing people up because I was just looking for the best fit. Um, in my band a lot of people live out of town uh, like an hour away, a bunch of them live an hour away so getting people mm. together for practices is yeah. a bit of a challenge and, uh, so, and in the new band that I have they also live out of town I'm, I was just looking for the best chemistry and right now the band that I have is better chemistry uh, they like each other, we talk to each other um, it's just, it feels really good
2: Good. Do your do your band members write also, or are you primarily the um, like the solo writer or solo writer? He's
3: the face of the band. The face of the band. He might have a face for radio, but he's the face of the Eighth Line. Am
0: I right? Yeah. 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 It's pretty much. Um, it, people have said, "Here's Scott Jackson and the Eighth Line," but I, I want it to be just the Eighth Line. But yes, <laughs> I am the principal songwriter. I have co-writers on many of the songs. Um, okay. But I've written the music, and and it's a case where, as I mentioned before, I will go to someone and say, "Here's how it goes, la 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 da," and they will try to chart it out for me. And <laughs> uh, and sometimes yeah. they'll say, "What do you think if we were to do this for the bridge?" It's like, okay, then I'll give them a couple of points for for contributing to it. But um, yeah, I'm right. really the I'm really the lyricist and the composer for all of the songs.
3: Nice. When you guys are doing uh, gigs, shows. Yeah. Um, with eight people in the band are you actually making any money at this
0: no this is a hobby and usually you don't make money (laughs) at your hobbies Uh, so (laughs) that's definitely the case here and as a new band like everybody has to pay their dues and so you're playing free shows all the time so we do um, at least at least half the shows we do are free um i'm retired and so i'm an empty nester i don't need the money to make the band work uh, th- like the right. income uh, So I, this is a big expense for me Like recording the first album was I think it was 25000 Like I'll never recoup it Recording the second album mm-hmm. was about like fifteen. Like I'll never recoup the money uh, But right. that's not the reason why I'm doing it I'm doing this because this is my bucket list I want to be a rock star Let's just see how, how yeah, it goes Yeah, yeah I was
3: going to ask you about the recouping costs on recording Because Aisha, you know very well you know there is costs involved in just the recording and the production Absolutely. side of things forget doing live shows but even with live shows mm-hmm. if you have people involved then there's potential costs if you know you're trying to cover their gas and you know their time and and maybe make some sure. money down the road and stuff but uh if it's just a what do they call it a um it's a it's a project
0: of love
2: yeah, that's Some the Christian way of saying
0: it, right? Some people call it a money pit as well. <laughs> well it can be. Uh, it can be. Like yeah. if you if you spend twenty five
3: thousand plus another fifteen thousand yeah. on on recording costs, and you're never going to recover that, then you better be having fun at what you're doing.
0: That's right. You better better have, be having. Fun. Have to have fun. <laughs> uh, I've set this bed up uh, so that the goals are different than probably almost every other band. I'm not looking to get signed by a label. I don't want a label telling me what to do or telling me this is who's going to play guitar. Here's who's producing. Here's what's going to be on the cover. I want to do what I want to do. Uh, I want to record the songs I want to record. Uh, I want to play as often or as little as I want to. Uh, I don't want to be responsible to anybody else. Uh, If I knew, if there was a guarantee that I was going to make it, and I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the next Stephen curtis chapman or whoever and that that's going to happen for me and the money's going to be there well then i would i would change uh, my way of doing things but the chances are so extremely slim that um sure. why get you your maintain hopes your up freedom and, yeah. yeah yeah why get your hopes up and tell your band you know okay we're hoping we're gonna move to nashville we're gonna open for the news boys like <laughs> the chances of that happening are, are are not at all so let's just have fun playing the songs yeah. So what's the longevity
3: of The Eighth Line? I mean, you did, you did radio for 40 years. How long is this going to go?
0: Uh, well, it was only going to be, a, as I said, a single. And then it yeah. turned into an album. And then it was only going wow. to be four shows. So now it's, um, I'm just like taking it like, month by month. Um, I don't have a deadline. Uh, I'm not thinking, okay, we'll try this for three years. I'm just, I'm just doing it. And then we'll see what Mm -hmm. happens And it's
3: not a burden It's not a You're you're getting tired of it Or anything like that
0: No uh, The bug that has bit Gets worse with every gig
2: Sure enough
0: (laughs) Well that's a good thing It's like when's
2: the next one Yeah that's a good thing Oh
0: yeah Like the most exciting time for me Is the very first song That opens with uh, two bars Of just the guitar uh, Playing like a rock riff And then I come out And I start uh, singing the first song those those moments are super, super exciting, and I just can't wait until I get to do it again. Is there anything else on the bucket list? Uh, I emptied out the bucket list a couple years ago when I went to England, and I wanted to walk across Abbey Road, and ah. uh, so, so that was kind of like, that was kind of the final thing. I, I am really blessed that I've been able to do a lot of traveling, and I've seen A lot of bands. Everybody that I want to see, I've seen. Um, So, like, I've had a really great life. And my bucket list is kind of empty. I am putting new things into the bucket, um, Mm. but they're they're not they're not big things. They're just you know, it's more like a to do list. Right. It's not it's
3: not going to be something that takes over the eighth line, as an example.
0: No, no, that's right. Um, Like the eighth line is is my main thing right now, and um, like I don't. Like, that's all I do. (laughs) When we finish with this interview, then I'm going to start planning the practice for this weekend. This this is all I do. There you go.
3: You know, one of the things that's been on my bucket list um, for a long time is uh, I would love, uh, I've always wanted to meet Michael Jackson.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well. (laughs) So, Uh, it it never got erased off my bucket list, but,
3: you know, I guess I should.
0: (laughs) Well, I... (laughs) <laughs> okay I had one similar to that um, I wanted to say hi to Mick Jagger I want to be close enough that I can say hi and he says hi I don't want an interview I just want to like, hi hi and when he was in town for that show that I mentioned a couple of years ago um, I thought okay I am now working for local media so if there's ever a time when I can get backstage this will be it because I'm the local guy And I did get to go uh, in advance to talk to the production crew, but I didn't get to see anybody in the band. And um, the big disappointment for me is I've wanted to say hello to Mick Jagger for 40 years. And I thought as he gets older, then uh, the crowd will die down and he'll be more accessible. There won't be all the security and stuff. You know, he'll be playing probably, he'll be playing at the local (laughs) club and I'll just like wait outside and say hi after the show but obviously that hasn't happened he's turning 80 years old this july and they're still packing it out it's crazy they're oh packing gosh. out arenas with like 80,000 people they haven't had a hit That's record so awesome. for 30 years yeah and they're still so going and people still want to people <laughs> want to see them so they're the rolling stones it's, that's kind of given me a, a lot of motivation to keep going. Like, Just when you think your best years are behind you as you get older, you think, yeah. well, I'm never going to accomplish anything big again. And then he's like 80 years old, so that keeps, that keeps me going. Like, I've got this band yeah. thing. I never thought it would happen. You, know? you never know what God's going to do next in your life. You just got to keep your eyes yeah. open.
3: That is so true. And you've, heard, so you've heard the stories of people that uh, I was reading recently about the colonel um, the from uh, KFC. Kentucky Fried Chicken, yeah, and and he, yes. I mean, he didn't start that till he was in his seventies or something like that. Like he, he was that. a he was a poor man before that, and then made his millions in the you know, last few years of his life or whatever. And I mean, that's that's a that's a brand <laughs> better late ever, than never, right? Well, yeah, but <laughs> but there's you know there's no restriction on age when you want to do anything, right?
0: You, yeah, sure. you just have to be uh, you just have to be prepared, keep your eyes open. Like Stan Lee, the creator of Spider Man. He had the comic going in Marvel for all those years, but it wasn't until they made the movie that all of a sudden everything blew up. And I don't know how old he was if he was 75 years old and all of a sudden the money starts coming in. Like, you never know what's going to happen next in life. You just got to keep your eyes open. Um, You've got uh, an anniversary show coming up. Yeah, the anniversary show is coming up this Saturday. It's the first anniversary, a first official show by the band. And we are also releasing our second album on this day. So it's kind of got a dual purpose. The album's called... Congratulations. Yeah, the album's called Ice and and Elevate. And so we'll release hard CD copies at the show. Uh, It's already available online. Spotify's already got a hold of it. But um, for the collectors who want a CD, they can get it at the show. What about Mm -hmm. vinyl? Uh, no, I, I, we're not doing vinyl. <laughs> Listen, this thing is costing me another one. I money. know. <laughs> and, I mean, I you're talking about <laughs> the
3: collectors. That's why I'm asking about the vinyl. That's all.
0: Okay. I don't need to lose more money on vinyl. Right. Vinyl people say, hey, you're going to make some vinyl? And then you make the vinyl, but they don't, they don't buy it. Right, you're with, in it, your kitchen right? with 100 pieces of vinyl. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you just bring it to every
0: show and sell one or two
1: for yeah, the diehards, right? Yeah, I Uh so.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, um, this anniversary show, you've got Tuzi uh, opening for you, I understand. She was our, right. one of our guests a while back, so that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's uh, an artist that her producer, Andy Horrocks, and I, we both use him as a producer. And he contacted me and he said, hey, I've got a new artist. Uh, Can you help market her? And so that's what I was doing for her, getting her songs released to Christian radio stations across Canada. And because of that, I just invited her to come and play at the show.
3: Um, Now, just a little bit of insider information here. Your show, your first anniversary, I guess the first show that you did, uh, your launch, I guess, a year ago. Uh, you had a special guest guitarist in the band then, too, didn't you?
0: Um, Luke Langman, are you referring to No, him no, I'm
3: up? actually referring to uh, Andy Horrocks again.
0: Oh, oh right.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he not only was he, was he the producer of the album, um, you had him as a guitarist in your band, didn't you?
0: I couldn't have had anybody better because he helped me, well, he produced it, he helped me write some of the songs. Um, the producer has, like, everything to do with the album especially with a junior artist like myself like I totally relied on him so I said hey do you want to come and play the show thinking that he wouldn't and he said yeah I'd like to do that and wow he, he was standing right to my right I mean if I'm Mick he was Mike Keith at that show it was it was great wow. he's a
3: great guitarist I didn't know he had that talent. I mean I knew he played guitar but I didn't know he was that talented
0: yeah yeah he's a lead guitarist yeah
3: yeah that's awesome. Well, Scott, thank you very much for uh, hanging with us today. So
0: enjoyed you. Yeah, you know, listening to you two, it's kind of like listening to the Howard Stern show. And I, I can't remember <laughs> the name of his sidekick. Oh, I, can't I
3: know remember. who you're talking about. Um, I know the lady you're talking about.
0: Uh, Robin, Robin Quivers.
3: That's right, Robin.
0: So, like, she's in the background, and every like about every thirty seconds, you hear. <laughs> 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 That's that's, that's what it kind of feels like right
3: now. I think the difference is there's no swearing on our show. (laughs) Thanks, Scott. Take care. Okay.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was so much fun uh, talking with Scott. Mm -hmm. I I think I'll probably be laughing later on just about some things from that conversation. (laughs) Um, If you want to find out more about Scott, And the eighth line, just put it in a search and find out more about his music and what he's got going on.
3: Okay, before we go, it's time for some artist advice. This week, we hear from Blessing Offer.
4: If there was one piece of advice I could give to Christian artists, new or old, I would say that the Christian faith belongs not in the bubble of the church, but in the wide open world that is the world, right? Like salt in a bowl of salt is really bad for you there's this thing where we think christian music and faith needs to only exist on our christian radio stations Mm -hmm. but like who are you reaching they already know you know so i love i love when my music is on the kardashians because that's the world and i we're supposed to be in the world so i would say don't be afraid to be in the world as much as you want to be in the church. Like that's, that's where you, you know, the world is here. Don't leave them behind for the safety of the bubble.
2: I like how he said uh, not to be salt in a salt bowl. Yeah. (laughs) You know,
3: I like what he said about living in that bubble. Like how many of us have, and maybe some continue to live in that bubble called the church where that is Everything, your whole life revolves around church, and and mm-hmm. so you're. That's that's all you do, and yet you're supposed to go out into the world, and right. you know let people see Christ in you.
2: Right, be salt and light, and so often we end up preaching to the choir.
3: Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you to Blessing Offer for that, uh, that little tidbit of wisdom. And thank you to Scott Jackson for dropping by to chat on Between the Grooves this week. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. And we have many more conversations on Between the Grooves. If you've missed previous episodes, look them up wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram.
1: Thanks for listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime, hello at faithstrongtoday.com.